0: What's going on, folks? Thanks for hitting that download button and checking out a brand new episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, your one stop shop for toys, tech, and talk with some assembly required. I'm your host, Rich, and if this is your first time checking out an episode, first of all, welcome. Second, a bit about what we do here. Toys and Tech of the Trade is an interview series where we sit down with content creators, entrepreneurs, and awesome folks that are on our radar and discuss the gadgets, the gear, and the tech that they use to create their content, run their businesses and more importantly, be more productive. When it comes to toys, we like to say toys in quotes around here just because you'd be surprised what people consider their toys, whether it's something as simple as an action figure or Funko Pops or something as unique as guitar picks or kitchen knives or water bottles. You'd be surprised what people consider their toys and we like to explore that, get to know our guests a little bit more personally, plus it allows us to break up a lot of the business talk that takes place during one of our interviews. With that out of the way, let's get into what this week's episode is about. If you checked out last week's episode, first of all, you got it a, a little bit early as it was a bonus episode, but I am happy to say that Brandon Fassberg, who was the founder of the Avocado Club and was launching the Kickstarter for Hadi Aguacati, uh recently announced that his uh, hot sauce, which we discussed on last week's episode, was fully funded 104%, 105% as of the recording of this episode. Huge congrats to Brandon for that. Um, An amazing, amazing campaign. And it's still in progress. So if you want to check it out, you want to check out the hot sauce, by all means, make sure to check out the link in the show notes for this episode. I got my bottle a little bit ahead of schedule, but I did back the campaign. And I got to tell you, I love hot sauce. I'm a big hot sauce connoisseur. And A couple of things made me want to have this conversation with Brandon. Number one, he was a fellow creator. Number two, he was a fellow New Yorker. Number three, he actually lives in the same borough as me, which is Queens. So it was a no brainer to showcase a talented entrepreneur such as himself and more importantly, show a little love to some of our local creators. Of course, Toys and Tech of the Trade has no problem sharing anyone's story, but New Yorkers, uh, especially those in the boroughs, they're going through a lot. I mean, the, the entire country is going through a lot, but New York is definitely uh, getting punched left and right. Um, you know, the city, if you've been following it and you don't live in New York City, you know that certain parts of New York state are going through varying levels of easing restrictions, some more than others. In some parts of New York, you can eat indoors. In others, you can't. And that's impacting a lot of the restaurants and local food scene, especially in New York City, in the boroughs. Uh, Those people are really hurting. And the fact that Brandon's campaign, they're taking money from that campaign and putting it towards helping some of those restaurants and some of those entrepreneurs is definitely noble. And I'm really, really glad that I got to share his story with all of you and the fact that it hopefully helped get his project funded. So I figured I'd share that update with you folks. As for this week's episode with back to school pretty much imminent, and in some cases already in full swing, whether your children are going back to school uh, virtually or going back to school with uh, hybrid learning in, in in school and at home, I wanted to share some gadgets and some gear that I think would help not only your kids when it comes to school, but you as well. Um, this is, uh, I guess, a part two of our work from home series that i shared when i was actually working from home with my day job which uh, obviously i'm not doing currently as i'm laid off but still nonetheless you would be surprised how vital it is to have a fully working space not only for yourself but for your kids as well people don't understand that kids especially with what's been going on they need the interaction especially person-to-person, face-to-face. The the virtual thing, it's cool and all, but much like us grown-ups, kids get distracted easily, and I know plenty of parents already who are experiencing many different challenges. So I'm hoping the some of the gadgets and the gear and the recommendations that we have here can help some of you, maybe give you folks some guidance, and more importantly, bring you some value. By all means, I, as someone who has a very, very young child, my daughter is actually turning two. I, I can't attest to the granular needs of what kids are going to need to go back to school. My two sisters are both special needs, so they don't go to traditional quote unquote school programs. They go to specialty adult programs, but still you need the proper equipment. I mean, before the facilities opened up for my two sisters, they had to pretty much um, participate remotely. And there were challenges that you had to make sure um, you had the right equipment. Obviously, bandwidth was important, ensuring that there was attention being paid to what needed to be done for that particular day for a group. And I'm, like I said, I'm hoping that some of the stuff that I can share for this episode will be applicable to your young ones that are going back to school. And for some of you that are working from home that missed our uh, gear recommendations to with regards to working from home. Hopefully, there'll be some additional tools here that can help you out. So, with that out of the way, let's get into our, I guess, our back to school buyers guide for toys and tech of the trade. Let's get things started with something easy, which all of us are going to need, whether we are commuting to college classes, regular middle school, high school, etc. And that is a backpack. And even now, as a, as an adult, a backpack is still essential for different reasons. I mean, now as a parent, obviously, I have a backpack to carry my daughter's things. Plus, it comes in handy when we're carrying extra gear, especially if I'm taking my camera or my iPad, etc. But when it comes to school, growing up, one of the biggest things to showcase, along with your fit, you know, your sneakers, your gear for Day one of back to school was your backpack. You either had to walk in there with an awesome looking Jansport or when we were in high school, it was the North Face backpack. And in some cases, those are still tried and true workhorses. So definitely can't go wrong with a run of the mill Jansport. They take a beating. They aren't too uh, they, they don't hurt the wallet a lot versus North Face, which the North Face backpacks are definitely up there. Expect to spend between 60 and $75, obviously, depending on where you are in the U.S. or abroad. Sometimes uh, knockoffs come in handy, and maybe you're into buying them, maybe you're not. But that that's definitely an option, not one I recommend because the quality is always sketchy. Plus, you can get some good quality backpacks from some other manufacturers. So one of the ones I wanted to recommend is good old Timbuk2. Their Rogue Backpack, it's going to run you about $60, really solid construction. You can throw your laptop in there, all your gadgets, all your books. Looks good. Not too over the top, not too old man looking if you're giving it to a kid going into high school or middle school. Uh, I, I like Timbuktu stuff. I've used their messenger bags, some of their backpacks at varying intervals in my life. And they have been durable, solid, and I figured I'd give you guys a nice entry-level, easy recommendation. $60 bucks is not bad. If you want to go a little lower but still solid quality, Under Armour's Hustle Backpacks. Um, Growing up, Under Armour was one of those things, especially as I got older, that was performance, you know, geared towards performance, athletes, etc. But over the last five or six years, they've really become a full-fledged lifestyle company. I mean, the Rock has been a big part of that uh with some of his stuff, some of the athlete partnerships. But one of the things that's really impressed me are their gym bags and backpacks. I was actually in a uh, Dick Sporting Goods here in New York and I got to see some of the backpacks and I was really impressed with the uh Hustle backpack. I actually contemplated buying it because gyms started opening up here and I didn't want to wear a duffel bag because With gyms being open, locker rooms are closed, and in some cases, depending on the gym, they may open the lockers, but I just didn't feel comfortable putting my stuff in there, so I didn't want to lug around a back, uh, um, a duffel bag throughout the gym, so I was looking at backpacks, and I gotta be honest, the Under Armour Hustle backpack definitely got my attention, has a little pocket on the bottom to put your sneakers, and I figured, throw in some lifting straps, a few other things, my training log and um some additional gear and it was great but obviously from a non gym rat application i think for any school kid or college kid the backpack is solid great construction takes a beating all the usual under armor refinements are there you know great waterproof uh cape you know has great waterproof capabilities like i said holds a ton of stuff and it looks most importantly it looks nice it looks fashionable And more importantly, it is functional. Now, if you got some deeper pockets and you want to give your kids something with a little more clout, a little more versatility, uh, Razer, which does some really awesome laptops, which are expensive, uh, actually does uh, peripherals and uh, backpacks and stuff. And their uh, mobile edge backpack, which I actually saw at Micro Center recently, really impressed me so much so. That I said to myself, if I were commuting to an office, I would definitely use it. Uh, lots of pockets, lots of places to store your gadgets and your gear. Uh, headphones, if you're a, a big Beats person, there's a nice spot to put your headphones. You can put a laptop in there and books as well. But like I said, more importantly, looks cool, can definitely start some conversations. So if your kid's going to school and you want to splurge a little bit, give them a really awesome backpack. Got to recommend that Razor Mobile Edge. But again, from a value standpoint, especially in the, kermic, in the current economic climate, I got to be honest, all of these are all solid. Uh, different price points I wanted to give everybody, but a good old Jansport still gets the job done, like I said. But we'll make sure to include links to some of these other backpacks that I mentioned, and you will be free to choose. Now, if your kids or even you are doing Uh, any sort of remote work, whether it's calling into a conference call via Zoom or Microsoft Teams or your kids are using Zoom, one of the most important things is a good microphone. And I know with the current climate, it is impossible, impossible to find webcams, microphones, all of the usual stuff. So I get it and I empathize with you, but I got to tell you, the things are slowly starting to creep back up. I'm starting to see more webcams in stores. I'm starting to see more microphones in stores. Headset mics. I mean, if your kid is a gamer, a headset microphone in a jam will definitely work depending on the device that you have. They can unplug their microphone right out of their Xbox or their PlayStation and boom, throw it right into their PC or laptop and still be able to engage and listen to their classes, uh, their professors, etc. cetera. But if you have the ability to score the following when it comes to microphones um they'll definitely improve your audio quality and they won't break the bank um uh, mo- the, the, the it's a no-brainer you got to recommend the blue snowball uh blue microphones have been tried and true for as far back as i can remember um when i was podcasting and i started with a logitech headset shortly after moving away from headsets and exploring some different microphones, I ended up picking up a a Blue Snowball. It was great. Easy USB mic that you can just plug and play. Doesn't cost a lot. Helps you sound clear, audible, and more importantly, especially if you're trying to uh, present or your child is interacting in a group setting, you want a good microphone. Blue Snowball can't go wrong. The, The Ice, which is the round one, is really really good um there's obviously higher tier blue microphones you can get that are expensive and they do equally as good but a blue snowball ice is a easy easy uh no-brainer when it comes to microphones but the podcaster in me also can't help but recommend audio technica's atr 2100 the atr 2100 was a uh great podcasting microphone but the best thing about it besides it being a besides it having the ability to be used with a mixer due to its xlr ports you can plug it in via usb and it also has a headphone jack that your uh your your kids can just plug a, a pair of headphones right into it and that's another way to get good audio that one should run you between 59 and $69, like I said, if you want something a little bit more versatile, you can go that route. But the Blue Snowball is probably one of the easiest choices I can recommend. Uh, one of the easiest mics I can recommend in, in a sea of choices. Like I said, easy on the easy on the wallet and great sound quality. And you can pick up a Blue Snowball pretty much anywhere. You don't have to... Rely on Staples or any of the usual places Best Buy carries them. If you have Micro Center, uh, Amazon, of course, Uh, even GameStop, uh, depending on the area that you're in, sometimes GameStop actually has the Snowball microphone. So check any of those places. We'll make sure to put links in the notes for this episode. Now, when it comes to webcams. There's a lot of choices out there, some better than others, Uh, the high end choice. Would be the Razer Keo, which I like because the Razer Kiyo webcam has a built-in uh, ring light, which obviously to light your face, make you look a little bit better on camera. It's a no-brainer. It usually runs about ninety-nine dollars, but it is impossible, impossible to find. Um, my next recommendation would be Logitech C920. The Logitech C920 is a workhorse. I still use it now. For Zoom calls, podcast calls, um, any sort of Skype video calls, the C920 is great. Uh, The 922, I believe, now has a cover to add a little bit more privacy, which is one of those things, which if you're someone who is concerned about that sort of thing, the C920 doesn't have a cover. You can buy an aftermarket privacy cover. It's going to run you about $15. You can throw it right over. If you feel uncomfortable having a webcam plugged in at all times, or you can always just uh, point it towards the ceiling or something like that. But if you don't want it to pick up audio, of course, disconnect it uh, for some additional peace of mind. But the Razer Kiyo top recommendation, mid-tier Logitech C920 or the Microsoft LifeCam, which was another one, which I ended up giving to uh, Turnbuckle Tabloids Jay Santi, which he uses for his live streams. Again, great cameras, clear pictures, HD, make you look nice. But more importantly than a good camera, as always, lighting is is another thing to uh, focus on, depending on if you're someone working from home and you want to have uh, just a good presence. Lighting definitely make sure to if you're by a window, use the natural light from a window, which is always good. If it's just your kids interacting with the teachers. You definitely want clear video, but lighting and all that extra stuff may not be necessary, but I got to put it out there nonetheless. So again, the Logitech C920 um, should run you about $79.99. The Microsoft LifeCam, same thing between $50 and $70, and the Razer Keo, which is $99. Now, obviously, if you're using mobile devices, um, you know, iPhones, AirPods, Apple watches, you're going to need something to charge them, especially if you're you have a very limited workspace. Logitech actually came out with a really cool um, docking system, which I actually ordered because it was out of stock at my local micro center. And basically, you can throw your AirPods on there, the ones that have, um, you know, uh, wireless charging, you can throw your android or ios devices there with ios charging and your apple watch and it's a nice little all-in-one unit that you can throw on your desk it's going to run you about 119 to 120 and the reason i'm recommending it in a back-to-school instance is because if your kid's going to be using their phones heavily or you're going to be relying on using the apple watch to message your kids to see if you know they're Their studies are done, or if the Zoom class is done and you don't want to interrupt them, you're going to need to charge all of the stuff. And nothing is worse than a bunch of wires running across your desk, especially if you don't have a dedicated uh, home office space. If your kid is using a dining room table, living room table, um, you know, eat in kitchens, whatever, you kind of want a place where they can dump all of their gear to charge. And more importantly, reduces the wire clutter and it's not terrible like i said it's going to run you about 119-120 for the Logitech dock that i'm recommending of course you can go cheaper you can get an Anchor. Anchor makes lots of great wireless docks that you can use and of course there's plenty of other third party ones on Amazon but the only reason i don't like recommending those is because the quality is questionable you may run into an instance where your you know your iPhone may be charging great but your AirPods may not or maybe you're not getting the proper voltage and that's something that I always concerns me if I had to recommend any sort of weird third party docks from companies I don't know. Logitech is battle tested. Like I said, I ordered one because I currently have a tilt wireless dock and then I hard you know I use the cable to charge my uh, AirPods and then I have a separate dock for my Apple Watch just too much clutter on the desk and try to definitely want to keep it neat. So that is definitely a recommendation as well. Now, when it comes to note taking, obviously pen and paper can't go wrong. Um After pen and paper, I got to recommend Microsoft OneNote. I am a huge Microsoft OneNote user. Um, Obviously, you can use Evernote, things like that. But Microsoft OneNote, if you already have Any sort of Microsoft Office in your home, Microsoft OneNote should come with it. And I believe as of this episode, I want to say you can even get Microsoft OneNote for free. Love it. It works on your mobile device. It works on tablets. It works on your PC. And it even has a web-based version you can use as well. You can take notes. You can record you can take audio notes. It is a, an incredibly versatile piece of equipment. So much so that I actually use it to show notes for episodes of Toys and Tech of the Trade. Used it for my Take Radio when I was when I learned about it. There's so many great uses for OneNote that I cannot recommend it enough. If you want something versatile for your kids to be able to take notes synced across multiple systems, even across uh, devices, you know, whether it's, you know, laptop, desktop, tablet, mobile device, I cannot recommend Microsoft OneNote enough. It has been awesome. And I, I love using it. If you got a little extra coin, of course, you can get any, uh, any decent note taking app for your iOS device. If you're, if your kid is using, a something like, um, an iPad, if your child is using a Chromebook, you cannot go wrong with Google Keep, which is Google's uh, note taking one of the many note taking things that Google offers. Besides their little office suite that they have, uh, Google Keep is good. But Microsoft OneNote definitely uh, head and shoulders a better choice, in my opinion. Of course, you, uh, use what you think is best, but uh, I can willingly endorse Microsoft OneNote. Now, the other thing I came across not that long ago I believe it was called a rocket book. I think we got one um, as a demo. I want to say before COVID happened and basically it's a reusable. It's a notebook with reusable paper that you could write in and I believe you heat up the pages to clear them, but I thought it was very cool, very innovative. It allowed people to go green if they didn't want to waste paper. Uh, the one that we had and I and I want to say it was one of the first versions was really really cool. Showed incredible promise, and I think it would be a, a great addition if you want your your children to take physical notes with a uh, pen and paper, pencil and paper. Uh, the Rocket Book is definitely a solid recommendation. Not not as cheap as the good old spiral notebooks that you can get for twenty five cents, but if you want to add a little a little extra, you know, a, a little extra tech to your your kid's schoolwork. Uh, the Rocketbook is a solid choice. But like I said, pen and paper still does the job. And if you're going to go fully digital, uh, Microsoft OneNote is my choice. Now, in terms of gear to take notes, like I said, iPads are easy to recommend, um, reliable ecosystem. You can save documents to, to them now. A lot of them you can plug in storage devices. So uh, iPad, definitely one of my top recommendations. Uh, Chromebooks are always good. Schools are providing them now. And again, if your child is familiar with the Google eco- ecosystem already, uh, Chromebook is a no-brainer, and they're not a, they're not very expensive either. I did want to throw a recommendation to Microsoft Surface Go, uh, which is their competitor to the iPad. Again, if you're already running a Microsoft Office type of a uh, of a situation in your home. Um, the Microsoft uh, Surface Go 2 is solid. I actually played around with it at Best Buy, and I said to myself, if I wasn't a heavy uh, iPad user, I would definitely consider the, the Surface Go, just because it's, again, easy to use, especially if you're already familiar with Windows and all of the navigations that are involved in the Microsoft operating system and in that ecosystem Um, again, solid, solid recommendation comparable to the, you know, some of the lower tier iPads. I think you can pick up a surface go for around 400 bucks. Like I said, iPads, you don't have to get your kids an iPad pro don't have to do it. You can get a regular iPad that has the pencil capability if you want them to take notes and that will do just fine. Obviously, if you want to get an iPad to you know, replace a laptop or, um, just be your your child's main device. You you can do that too. Um laptops of course are always solid. I can have a laundry list of laptop recommendations cuz there're so many good ones out there that won't break the bank, but that's that's something where you're better off checking out uh people like uh Carl Conrad, MKBHD, um your average consumer. There's there's a lot of great YouTubers out there who can really Get into the nitty-gritty of laptops. It I would it would be a disservice to to all of you for me to give you a laptop recommendation when I am a pri- uh, I am primarily a desktop user. I will say though that I am circling the uh, the MacBook Pro uh, for a couple different reasons. Number one, just to reacquaint myself with the Mac ecosystem. Number two, I want to kind of learn how to use Final Cut for video and kind of mess around with audio editing on the Mac side of things, but not something I've pulled the trigger on yet, but worthy of exploration. Now, I want to talk about something that I've recommended before, and right now with back to school, keeping your children focused, hell, keeping yourself focused, you'd be surprised how easy it is to lose track of time. And I'm not, you know, this isn't some sort of paid gig or sponsorship. In in one of the things that was a lifesaver for me when I started working from home was the you know there's different names for it uh, Pomodoro timer Pomodoro technique uh, tomato timer etc. Basically what it is is an application you can put on your phone. I believe you can even find versions for desktop. And what you do is you do blocks of work twenty minutes thirty minutes depending on the app that you're using set a timer, do that. Then when the timer's up, you take a five-minute break. Uh, you can take a two- to five-minute break, depending on what it is. Some some apps allow you to go longer. Either way, you do 30, 30 minutes of dedicated work, take a five-minute a 5 minute break, walk around, stretch your legs, grab a snack, come back, boom, do another block. And depending on which app you're using, you it, it's a little game, and you can try and get as many 30 minute sessions in as possible. Listen, I can tell you from experience one of the craziest and most uh, you know, mentally draining things is if you're trying to work and you're in a house by yourself and you're trying to stay focused and there's a thousand distractions. Whether it's the mailman with the door, uh your house phone ringing, uh maybe you got to get up and make yourself lunch, etc. So it's easy to lose track of time and I I cannot stand I cannot recommend it enough, I'm being honest. Um and if you're working with kids kids are going to get uh annoyed, bored, etc if they got to look at a screen or deal with any sort of video stuff, especially if they're not um if they don't need to be in front of a particular class or a, a teacher Uh, and they have to just work on their own. I think doing something like this would be really great. Um, It'll help your kids stay disciplined and focused. It'll let them look forward to that five minute break. You can let them get up, walk around, do whatever. Boom, get them right back on course. Another 30 minute block. Same thing for my, my fellow listeners that are working from home. Listen, do that because what happens is You get sucked in, you lose track of time, sometimes you don't eat, sometimes you eat at your desk, you don't stand up, walk around, go outside, stretch. And I I gotta say, it was it was huge for me to be able to use that technique. I I honestly thought it was BS at first. I'm like, this is stupid, you know, you you gotta work and et cetera, et cetera. But doing those 30-minute blocks, especially when the weather is nice, you get up. You go outside, you get some sunlight, which is important. Uh, getting plenty of sunlight is huge. It's good for your mood. Uh, good to get vitamin D in your system, et cetera. That, you know, look it up, Google it. You'll see what I'm talking about. But I'm serious. Doing it that way has been huge. And when my daughter was born, it was easy to get up, go pick her up, you know, give her lunch, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I made sure to structure my, my breaks So that I can get up, give her lunch, do all this stuff. And um, this was when she was smaller. Now that she's bigger and running around the house, it's a a different ball game. But when she was smaller and not moving around as much, you'd get up or I would bring her chair into the room and, you know, get up, take a break, pick her up, go carry her outside, get some air, etc. I'm telling you, it sounds crazy. It sounds ridiculous. Try it out. I'll give you a couple of different app recommendations, um, what I use on iOS, which I think I believe it's called the tomato timer. And I'll see if I can find something for Android, desktop, et cetera. You won't regret it. I'm telling you. And um, I think that's a good way to bring it home. I mean, the only other thing I have to say is dedicated workspace. So I wasn't going to go into this, but I figured this would be a, a, the last bit of uh, of knowledge I can throw everyone's way. Um, dedicated workspaces are key. You need to have a way to separate from home mode to work mode. Um, you need to have a way to, for your kids to go and, and really separate from being in the house to, quote unquote, being in the classroom. Set up a quiet space, um, fi- figure out where it can be quiet corner in a dining room quiet corner in another room and and really really hone in on making it a space for productivity it, it, listen you don't have to go and buy a big 70 dollar desk from staples or something crazy like that you can go to your local ikea pick up a tabletop uh, i believe it's the linman uh, they're usually about eight to ten dollars for a small tabletop legs are four bucks a piece for you know, less than fifty bucks, you you can have a uh, a desk set up for for your kids. Um, again, it's something small. It's not something that is mandatory. Not something I think you should go out of your way to do. But I definitely feel that separating your workspace from everything else just makes you more productive. If you sit on your couch in your living room and you think that that's your workspace. I hate to tell you, it's very easy to turn on that TV remote and put on Netflix and before you know it, oh, just have the show playing in the background and you've watched three episodes of whatever show you're watching and you didn't get work done. Same thing with kids, very easy. If you have if you're expecting them to do their schoolwork and they got their Xbox in their room with everything else, it's it's not gonna work. Uh definitely if you can and you have the space dedicated dedicated area to get work done. Like I said, a desktop in IKEA is cheap. Uh smaller sizes less than $10. Um obviously you want colors, bigger sizes, it'll be a little more. But 10 bucks for a tabletop, 4 bucks a leg. Um so $16, like I said, less than less than 50. You can get a desk and you can set it up for either yourself or your child to get work done. I'll throw descriptions and links for that in the show notes for this episode just to give you folks an understanding. Uh, My workspace right now is actually composed of three IKEA tabletops. So I have one, uh, I believe it's a 56 inch long tabletop, which is my main station, has two monitors, uh, my mixer, my keyboard, etc. And then I have two desks on the side that I believe they're 39 and a half inches long. Um, Linman, all Linman tabletops, and I have it set up in a U configuration with, like I said, the bigger 59 inch desk serving as like the battle station, the main hub. I can write here if I wanted to. I can work on the computer, have both monitors, take calls, etc. I have the desk to the left of me, which I like to call my shooting table. Uh, that's right by a window, so it gets natural light. I can use it to photograph some of the stuff that we review, record unboxing videos, etc. which you're going to be seeing a lot of those in the coming weeks. And to my right is another desk, which is, I like to call it the guest desk. It has an extra microphone. If I have an in-studio podcast guest, but a lot of times my wife uses it as her workstation. She sets up her laptop when she's working from home and she can be in here, um, Getting work done, again, separate, not in the dining room, not in the living room. Um, That way my daughter can have time to herself, watch her shows, not be driving my wife nuts. Mama, mama, mama. And um, again, just a quiet space where she can work. And it's good. Again, it, it just works out that I have a dedicated space in my home that I set up as a studio. But find a quiet corner, set it up to be productive for yourself and for your kids. You will not regret it. All right. I think that is a great way to wrap up our uh, back to school uh, gear guide, back to school gear recommendations. Uh, Anyway, back to school in general. I'm hoping that some of these recommendations helped you out. I threw a lot of personal anecdotes in there because I get it and, um, you know, I've lived through it uh, in varying degrees, obviously, in the current state of affairs uh things are up in the air some kids are back at school some kids aren't i know a lot of you are scared with this covid stuff whether you're scared because you don't want your children to get it you don't want to get it or you're scared because you don't believe in it i mean listen i'm not i'm not going to talk uh political ideologies here or anything of that nature but i i will put this out there and i said it to someone recently um, that used the argument about, you know, COVID being non-fatal to many people, etc. And my response to them was this. And I said, just because I couldn't recover from a cold doesn't mean I want to catch one. And that was pretty much it. And I think that that's the easiest way to look at it. And my words of encouragement for all of you out there with your getting your children ready, uh, trying to juggle working from home. Listen, it's crazy out there keep yourself safe, keep your family safe. But like I said, whether you believe in it, don't believe in it, have any sort of ideologies behind it, just look at it in that simple way. Nobody wants to get a cold. Nobody wants to get the flu and if you do, I mean those are those are separate those are separate conversations for future episodes, but I'm being serious. Nobody nobody likes to be sick, nobody wants to get sick and It's that simple, you know, wear a mask. If you believe in that, wash your hands. I mean, you should be washing your hands just because, but wash your hands, wear a mask uh, when when applicable and where applicable. And again, if your belief system dictates otherwise, then like I said, nobody wants to get sick. I want to wish everybody best of luck in the upcoming school year with your children. Um, If you're working from home and you've been working from home since this started, you know, good, good luck. I've been there. I know it's tough. It'll get easier. And that's that's the best way to close things out. Best of luck. See you guys uh, with a brand new episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade in two weeks with uh, some great guests to close out September. And we're going to just crank, keep cranking with some amazing guests that we got on deck, uh, different creators, different people that are going to share their stories, which I hope can impact and enlighten and educate you in your entrepreneurial journeys. And just if you're curious to see how people live on the other side of the tracks. Last but not least, as always, if you want to be a guest on a future episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, shoot me an email, rich at RageWorks.net. You can also fill out the contact form on the RageWorks Network site, whether it's for my show or any of the other shows. Feel free to fill that out. Let us know who you are, what you're about and what show you'd like to be on. And we will do our best to accommodate you. Last but not least, if you're using any of the podcasting hosting services, such as pod it matchmaker, etc., cetera, uh, toys and tech of the trade is on there. So if you're interested in being a guest, you can use those services as well. Uh, I'll put links to our profiles on those services in the show notes for this episode. And the only call to action I have is if you like this episode, please take a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or Google podcast or the service that you're using to consume this show. We would really, really appreciate it. Every review helps us when it comes to social proof, uh, when it comes to getting guests. Oh, we want to see if your audience is engaged, etc. cetera. It only takes a second. If you thought we did something great, a five-star review is always welcome. And if you got an extra minute or two and you want to write something meaningful by all means, Feel free to share it. Uh, I think we're going to start reading those on air. So if you want to get your five seconds of fame, get a little plug out there, uh, leave a written review. We will do our best to share it on the platform that you're leaving it on. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys in two weeks and I'm out of here. Peace. and Tech of the Trade is part of the RageWorks Podcast Network, your source for rants about gaming, entertainment, and the works. Visit us at RageWorksNetwork.com.